Oh, we're official. Oh, yes, we are. Twelve oh three Sunday. Hey, buddy, how are you? Good, good. I'm fine. Let me throw out some uh, contact info. You want to call in and talk to Savan this morning, or at least this afternoon, pardon me, three minutes after uh, 12. It's Savan, S-I-V-A-N, at theinsurancelawyer.ca. His uh, personal number anytime, 416-216-5910. And always the website, uh, just like the name of the show, Insurance and Injury Law. Dot com. So we got an hour here to go through a, a lot of things. It's getting close to that season where it's going to be a lot of slip and falls, car accidents. But first, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, why we're doing this show, shall we? Absolutely. Yeah, John. So now we've been doing this show for several weeks, and uh, you know the feedback has been phenomenal. Uh, people have been contacting me via email. Uh, by phone, and uh, you know they've had questions. They've had questions about uh, car accidents, compensation, uh, disability claims, long-term disability, anything to do really with insurance. Where you know people putting claims and then having the insurance companies uh, drag their feet with payouts. Uh, and, you know, we've been able to help a lot of these individuals. At the very least, we've been able to give a lot of information out and, and educate people. What's your background? My background is uh, insurance defense. So I used to work for insurance companies in the past. And that's given me a unique perspective, a perspective to understand exactly how insurance companies uh, understand claims, how they handle claims, uh, and, and, and really to, uh, you know, understand how to help people uh, who are facing insurance company claims. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the number here uh, for this hour anyway. Let's go through um, well, a little bit of a week that was. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so this week uh, I've been dealing with two interesting claims that I'll, I'll tell people about. One of them has to do with a uh, car accident. Uh, it's an individual that came to me a couple of years ago. Uh, and, you know, like a lot of people, when you're involved in a car accident, uh, you have back pains, neck pains, etc. We call those soft tissue injuries. Okay. There was nothing broken, nothing torn, uh, you know, but they had the headaches, the nightmares, etc. And what's happened is uh, throughout the months after the accident, uh, he's been getting rehabilitation, physiotherapy, chiropractic treatments, mm-hmm. and all those kinds of things. And what he noticed is he noticed that physically he was getting better, but psychologically he was getting worse. Now, this guy has two small kids. Uh, he's a bookkeeper. And what he found was that, uh, unfortunately, he kept having these recurring nightmares. He had difficulty driving. So it's had a psychological effect. Psychological, wow. huge. And it, was, it, kept getting deteriorate. it, it, it kept deteriorating. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, what we saw was that he was getting better physically, but deteriorating psychologically. And, and the problem is that with insurance companies, if they don't see it, if they don't see an x-ray, uh, then many times, yeah, they, they, they take the position that it doesn't exist or, you know, you're faking it. And that wasn't the case. So we got this guy help. We made sure that he saw a psychiatrist. Uh, he was getting treatments. And just this week, we were able to resolve his claim, and his claim was significant. And the reason it was significant is because uh, he was simply unable to continue his job. I mean, a job that he's been doing for about 15 years, uh, providing for his family. And, and so, you know, the lesson here for people is this. If the insurance company is telling you, oh, it's psychological and we don't believe you, or, you know, there's not enough medical proof, you have to make sure you get the right help. Okay, these kinds of claims are not difficult to resolve. It's just that you have to make sure that when the case is presented to the insurance company, to the adjuster that's dealing with the claim, that they're seeing the correct reports, mm-hmm. that they are seeing the correct experts on the claim. And that's when the payout is going to come. And people should know, you know, I've talked to people recently who have been through these sort of uh, events, car accidents, and it's like the weight lifted off them when they get involved with a, with a personal injury lawyer. It's like, it, it's like now they don't have to take care of that stuff. Now they could just get themselves back in order because all this weight's been lifted, right? Dealing with insurance companies and payouts and what benefits am I getting? How am I going to pay my rent and my mortgage and all this stuff? It's taken. It's taken you know, 90% back, right? of people who come to me, uh, and I say 90% because uh, some people are just stoic by nature, but 90% uh, when they get into an accident or they have an insurance dispute, they stop sleeping. Uh, it affects everything. Everything that they're doing every day, 
whether it's work, dealing with kids, mm-hmm. with, with a spouse. And, and when they come to us and they speak with us, you know, we sit down, we go through their options, almost like you would with a, with a, with a patient if you're a doctor. Sure. And, and, you know, the one thing you don't want is you don't want to be in front of a doctor for the doctor to say you have no options because there are always options. Okay, and it's when you think there are no options and you're cornered, that's when you stop sleeping. That's when it affects everything, not just you, but your family. And so what we do or what we try to do is not only uh, help people in terms of their claims, but just alleviate the stress. Just tell them, listen, we're here. This is what we do. We understand this. No need to have sleepless nights. We got your back. We got your back, exactly. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Give me another example before we take a break. Well, this one is interesting. And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about disability claims in the last few weeks, long-term disability. People who have been working and then for whatever reason either got injured or got ill. And so I had this individual who um, who approached me. Uh, this was this week. About two years ago, uh, she retained a lawyer to help her with her long-term disability claim. And why did she do that? Because she was cut off by the disability insurer. Well, guess what the, uh, the lawyer that she retained did? He appealed the, uh, the cutoff. And what have we said about appealing these cutoffs? You know, when the long-term disability insurer cuts you off, do you appeal that decision? Does it make sense to appeal the decision? No, it does not make sense. Because who's going to be reviewing that appeal? The exact same people who cut you off in the first place. <laughs> of course, right. right? Yeah. So what did this lawyer do? He didn't just appeal once. He appealed twice. Appealed twice. Obviously got Rejections nowhere. got nowhere. And this was about a year ago. Okay? So she now lost a full year. And I guarantee you, I looked at her claim and I said, I, I said to her, I said, listen, first of all, the lawyer should not have appealed these decisions. A claim should have been brought immediately. Your claim is, is straightforward. Your, your illness is, is, I mean, I saw the reports. It made complete sense to me. I don't even know on what basis the insurer was, was refusing the, right. uh, the, the, the payment. With. Right. And I'll tell you this. Within months of putting in a claim, we would have resolved it. So she would have either been receiving her disability payments continuously every month uh, since about a year, about half a year ago, I would say, uh, or there would have been a lump sum settlement. She would have had a, you know, a whack of money that the insurance company would have pay- right. resolved the claim. Exactly. We'll take a short break. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. you got questions for Savannah. He's here to answer them. You've been in a car accident. You're dealing with insurance. It's not going your way. You need some help. Uh, some tips. For the next hour, for sure, he can answer them. Give us a call or Savan, S-I-V-A-N, at theinsurancelawyer.ca. More of the Insurance and Injury Law Show coming up. Talk Radio, AM 640. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell or Savan, S-I-V-A-N, at theinsurancelawyer.ca. I want to get into uh, long-term disability. This is, uh, you know, a lot of people have been through this or they're going through it right now. Um, the basics, who's entitled to it? All right. So the basics are as follows. Anyone who's been enrolled on a disability plan uh, and who worked when they became disabled uh, qualifies under that criteria as long as they have the medical support, medical, like a a letter, a report from their family doctor or a specialist that says that they can't work. So again, if you've been, um, uh, if if you became ill or or injured uh, while you were working, and uh, you, you were enrolled in a disability plan, and you have the backup from your medical practitioners, you're going to be entitled to disability. As a result of your work or not necessarily? Not necessarily. No. depends. I mean, if you were injured at the time of your employment, during your employment, you may be entitled to WSIB benefits, workers' okay. comp. And there is an interplay between the various disability uh, schemes. But, you know, the key for people to understand is this. Uh, if you can't work 
as a result of illness or, or an injury, uh, then and if through your employer or even through a private plan, okay. uh, you're able to, to, to uh, access those uh, disability benefits, then you would qualify as long as you have a doctor that's going to back you up. I want to get to a couple of emails that have come through over the, uh, the last little while. This one from John, uh, from Joe, pardon me, says, been on long-term disability for the last two years, two years. I uh, just got a letter saying that I could do some form of work and therefore I'll be cut off benefits. I'm, this has got to be a, a, the most common letter you get, right? Extremely common. I can and do some sort of cutting me off. What is right. it? Right. Well, first of all, he should call me and, and I'll chat with him uh, and, and just, you know, within about 10 minutes, explain to him exactly what he's entitled to. But, but he, here's the misconception that most people have. Most people think that they're entitled to uh, long-term disability only uh, payments only um, for only two years. And that's, that's wrong. But the reason they think that is because they get that letter towards that two-year mark that tells them that they're now going to be cut off because they don't qualify under the new test. Well, what's this new test that they have to qualify for? Well, as we discussed before, within the first two years of long-term disability, the test is, can you do your own job? Right. That's it, right? Once you get to the two-year mark, you have to show that, uh, that you're unable not just to do your own job, but any job for which you're suited by education, training, or experience. Within your workplace? With, not within your workplace. It can ah, be in other environments. But, okay. but let me give you a stark example. A surgeon, for example, uh, who can't work, uh, will not be forced to go and work at Tim Hortons, an example. But if that surgeon who can't do surgery anymore is told, listen, there's a teaching position in this medical school, that surgeon is going to have to take that position because he's suited by education and experience to teach. Right. So there is a reasonableness aspect. But the point is that people should know that if they get that letter that says you're going to get cut off, that's not the end of the world. You have options, not difficult to resolve at all. We just have to get the right uh, information and, and, and documentation from your treating physicians. Savan, Savan at uh, .ca, that is S-I-V-N at the insurance lawyer.ca to drop us an email like these ones or give us a call this afternoon up until uh, 1 o'clock, 416-870-6400. Get to one from Ken now, says uh, on long-term disability. Uh, and I've been told my adjuster, uh, by my adjuster that I have to apply for CPP disability. Why should I? What, first of all, what is it? Why should I? All right. So CPP disability is a benefit that you get from the government if you've paid into CPP uh, that so, so long as you're able to establish your disability through medical documentation uh, and you've paid into the system, then you should be able to qualify for it. Now, the confusion that many people have is that when their insurance company, when their long-term disability insurer says, you know, have you applied for CPP disability because you would qualify for it, or or, or they're saying to you, you know, try to apply for it, you do have an obligation under most policies, uh, if not all policies nowadays, to apply for CPP disability. And here's the reason why the insurance company is interested in that. If the insurance company is paying you $1,000 a week, uh, sorry, a month, as an example, for your disability, and you qualify for, let's say, $200 from CPP disability uh, per month, then the insurance company gets a deduction for that $200. Right, you're, you're not getting CPP disability. You got it. Mm-hmm. So the insurer now is saving two hundred bucks a month. So they're interested in you applying to any collateral source uh, to be able to get, uh, you know, so- some money for your disability, so that they don't have to pay that. But what most people, you know, who come to me with questions about CPP disability uh, are worried about is, is you know, they're, they're, they're saying, well, wait a second, why should I be applying if I'm getting this from my insurer? And do I have an obligation to do that? And the answer almost always is yes. And that is exactly the reason why the insurance company is asking you to do so. They want to be able to get a deduction for it. If it all comes out to the same amount anyway, is it a big deal? Should they be worried about just 
applying for it, even no, if they shouldn't Venezuela. be. Right. No, no, they shouldn't be. In anything, I'll I'll actually say this: if CPP, um, which which by the way, it's not that simple to actually get uh, the disability payments from them. You really have to show that you are disabled. Uh, if CPP recognizes you as disabled, uh, then you know what? Down the road, when your own insurance company is going to cut you off, and I was just me, about to will. say, absolutely. Right. Now okay. you can point and say, listen, even CPP agrees that I'm disabled. I'm not saying that it's going to be determinative of the issue. It's not that the insurer is going to say, oh, CPP uh, agrees that you're disabled, therefore we're going to continue paying you. But now you have another uh, sort of, um, I guess, argument Mm -hmm. uh, to say, listen, I've been qualified under CPP, and it's not that simple to be qualified under their scheme. Uh, Therefore, you should continue paying me. And you know what? Most of the time, that's very persuasive. Will CPP come knocking on your door after two years too or no? No, no. CPP will not. As long as you're able to show that your disability is ongoing, uh, then uh, no, you're not going to have any issues on that front. Take a quick break. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Feel free to give us a call up to 1 o'clock, answering all your questions, long-term disability, uh, injury law as well. Savan's here uh, for the duration. Can answer your call. Savan, S-I-V-A-N, at theinsurancelawyer.ca by email. Lots more of the insurance and injury law show on the way on Talk Radio AM 640. And the other option is email. Savan, S-I-V-A-N, at the theinsurancelawyer.ca. Let's, uh, let's get into this. How long does it take basically to resolve a long-term disability claim? Doesn't talk, uh, sorry, doesn't take long at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes we resolve them within weeks uh, or, or maximum months at most. Uh, so long as the lawyer uh, and, and the team of lawyers are actually working on the claim, it doesn't take long at all. How about uh, denying claims? How often does that happen? Well, that actually happens all the time. And (laughs) and think about it. We talked about that before. Insurance companies are in the business of collecting premiums and then paying as little as possible, if anything at all. And the rationale is very simple. They want to be able to keep as much of their money as, uh, you know, as, as, as they're making. Uh, so you know, we see it all the time. And, and what, we, what we generally advise people is not to deal with adjusters directly whenever you're facing a roadblock. Okay? You need someone who understands that industry. You need someone who has uh, hopefully worked in that industry and has a background in it, who understands it and can deal with them and understands which buttons to, to, to push in order to get the claims resolved as soon as possible. Plus, you guys understand the verbiage, right? I mean, someone might say the wrong thing that takes, right. gets taken down as record, right? Absolutely. And that happens all the time. And, and you know, that happens also when we're dealing with, uh, with doctors who are providing reports and those reports then get sent to the insurance company. I mean, it just takes one wrong word and either the claim then gets cut off because of that word or, uh, you know, now you've given ammunition to the insurance company to pick on so that, you know, at the next round, it's just going to be much more difficult to resolve. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You want to give us a call if you have a claim if you're in the middle of some sort of uh, uh, claim that you can't resolve or you're looking for someone else to talk to Savan's here for the uh, for the duration of this afternoon until one o'clock let's walk us through a, a typical day in the life of Savan to market all right so a typical kind of a Beatles day. song but it's uh, you know it's injury right. law yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so, so let's go through, uh, through, through a typical claims process. Mm-hmm. So first of all, we try to engage the insurance company, uh, which can be as simple as, as making a phone call or writing a quick letter or an email to the adjuster. We try to reinstate uh, the client's benefits if we're dealing with a disability claim. If we're dealing with a different kind of claim, let's say uh, a house insurance claim, a flood claim, a travel insurance okay. claim, uh, again, we try to lay out the case, the, the facts, and, and really give the insurance company a choice. You either do it uh, right, you, may, you, may, you make the, the person whole, you make sure you pay the claim or you, or you reinstate, but you're going to have us uh, starting a claim. So that's really the, the gun to their head if, if you, know, you want to use that language. Uh, secondly, uh, if the insurance company is being stubborn, 
Uh, and if we think that there is an angle here, if we think that there is something that we can do for the insur- for for our clients, uh, we, you know, we, we we simply advise our clients not to not to lose any time. So remember, we spoke about the appeals that some lawyers do when their clients get yeah, caught a off year later. Yeah. Right, exactly. And you know, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's and insurance companies understand that. I mean, think about this. Whenever the insurance company is cutting someone off, uh, you know, they're going to have a reason for it. It's either going to be a good reason or it's going to be a bad reason. And anytime there is a gray shade here, anytime, you know, they may have a good or bad reason, understand this, that if we file a claim, most likely it's going to be resolved in your favor. Okay, so for insurance companies to, to, to cut off your benefits, for them not to pay a claim that legitimately you feel they have to, to pay... Uh, it's not easy. It's not easy for a very simple reason. Because if a claim is made, mm-hmm. and and in the event that this ever gets to court, and by the way, most of these claims never see a court, never. But if it ever gets there, I can tell you this: most times, if not, if not, I'm not going to say always, but most times, uh, the, the ruling is in favor of the individual who's making a claim. Okay, so that's the reason why insurance companies are interested in trying to resolve claims as soon as there is an insurance lawyer on the other side. So it doesn't go that far, right? And keep in mind something else. Whenever they're dealing with you as an individual, uh, they're dealing with somebody who is, quote unquote, unsophisticated in the law, uh, they will will use every trick in the book. As soon as there is an insurance lawyer uh, engaged on the other side, Mm -hmm. now they have to get uh, somebody on their end, a lawyer on their end. So, so guess what? Suddenly, it's expensive for them. Suddenly, you've just made it extremely expensive for them to fight that claim. So what are they thinking? What's the adjuster thinking? Well, the adjuster thinking is, is thinking, well, how much is it going to cost us to resolve the claim now versus fighting this out and having to resolve it and pay something anyways down the road? Just get out as quickly as Just, possible. Exactly. Lessen your injuries you got from it. an insurance standpoint. You got it. So for people who are currently listening now on uh, LTD, what advice can you give them? Well, for people who are on LTD, I'll tell you this. Um, first of all, don't ignore any requests from your adjuster. Uh, you know, if, if the adjuster is leaving you messages, return those, those calls. Document everything in writing, okay? Even if you think the adjuster is the nicest man or woman, uh, whenever there is a conversation, make sure you send a quick email. Just make sure you have that documented. You don't have to have a reply. Just make sure, though, that you have everything written down. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to be in a situation where it's a he said, she said. Secondly, uh, make sure that you provide them with the medical documents they need in order to make sure that they continue approving your disability claim. Very, very important. Uh, if they're going directly to your doctor, that's fine as long as, again, uh, you know, you're involved in the process mm-hmm. and, and as long as you see copies of everything that goes to the insurance company. Because you, you, know, you don't want to hide anything. You want to make sure the insurance company has everything that they need to assess the claim correctly. Here's the other thing, and, and I will urge every listener who is in the situation or knows someone who is in the situation. If the insurance company is threatening to cut you off or to stop payment, don't panic. Just, you know, give me a call. I, I, and I'll tell you, we'll speak. Within a few minutes, you will know exactly what all your options are. And you will know, and I'll tell you, you will not have sleepless nights because you will understand that, you know, the insurer, this big mammoth of a corporation mm-hmm. that's, that's threatening to trample over you, they don't have that power. It's a perceived power. At the end of the day, the law is on your side. You just need someone to just show you what your options are and what you can do. That's all. 
We'll take a short break. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Give us a call. Lots of questions can be answered. Savannah's here until 1 o'clock. We'll get to some personal injury because, uh, you know, that's, uh, that time of year is coming up very soon. Take a short break right here on the Insurance and Injury Law Show from Talk Radio AM 640. S-I-V-A-N, Savannah at theinsurancelawyer.ca to drop them an email or phone, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. I want to move on to a personal injury. This is something we've talked about uh, in the last couple of shows, and it's it's still kind of a bizarre concept for people to get their head around. Um, talking about family members, spoke about how claims that family members can make if they are helping someone else in their family who has been injured in a car accident or slip and fall. So I'm in a car accident with my sister. It's her insurance. I get injured. I make a claim against her. Most people would say, how rude. You're going to make, you know, make a claim against your sister, but that's not what you're doing. Right. right. No, that's not what you're doing. Absolutely. First of all, uh, you know, whenever you're in a car accident and you weren't a driver and you've suffered injuries, mm-hmm. uh, you know, your claim is going to be, I'm not going to say super easy, but it's going to be certainly uh, not difficult at all to resolve. Okay. It doesn't matter if it's your friend, if it's your coworker, if it's, you know, a family member that's been driving the vehicle. If you're involved in a car accident and you're injured, you're entitled to benefits. Some benefits are from your insurance company and some benefits are from uh, potentially the other driver's insurance company if you're you're involved in a multi-vehicle collision. Uh, But one of the things that we spoke about last time, which I really want to talk about, uh, because I actually had a few people call me up and they were completely surprised by this, uh, is as follows. Let's say that you're injured uh, in a car accident Mm -hmm. and you have difficulty working, you're a changed person, you're struggling at home. Well, guess what? Your wife, John, is going to be entitled to compensation as well, not just yourself, not just you, okay? Because you're a different person. You're a changed man, okay? She's going to be entitled to various things. She'd love that. Oh, she would, yeah. (laughs) And you know what? You know what? Your daughter as well. Absolutely. And in fact, I'll tell you more than this. Under the law, uh, you know, there's compensation that would be, that, that, that uh, various people in the family are, are entitled to, not just the individual who's, who's injured. So we're talking about a spouse, children, grandchildren, parents, grandparents, brothers and sisters. All of these individuals potentially could have claims if someone close to them was injured, and not just in a car accident, in a slip and fall, in anything like that. What are they claiming against? How are they getting a claim? Okay. Well, let's take, for example, the example that, uh, that uh, you know, we spoke about right now. You're involved in a car accident mm-hmm. and, and somebody else was responsible for that accident. And, and you're now a changed person and you need help uh, at home uh, to do various things at home, whatever those are. Let's say your wife is the one who's, you know, doing more housekeeping now. Maybe, uh, you know, she has to do various things. Uh, more of the heavy lifting. More of the heavy lifting. Saying. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, let's say your father, your mother. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. All those people. Well, those people would then be making a claim uh, alongside your claim for injuries against the driver and the owner of the car that was responsible for the accident. If it's a slip and fall, for example... Then, uh, you know, let's say you're in a plaza, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a February evening and you're slipping on ice and the plaza people forgot or, or didn't maintain the area properly. It's salted or it's whatever. It's not salted, there are no warning sensors, there's nothing and you're injured and now you need help around the house that your family members are, are providing you, they're entitled to ask for compensation for that help. The law, the, the law provides for that. This is not something I'm inventing. Because your, your lifestyle's change, they might have to provide care and do right. more stuff for you so they can claim against it. Right. right, and there's a whole bunch of things that they could potentially be claiming. Like, for example, let's say you're in the hospital and they have to travel to the hospital. And, you know, they've been talking about this, uh, you know, for, for months now, but the fact that, you know, parking fees are just going up and they're just insane mm-hmm. in hospitals. Well, guess what? Those parking expenses or any miscellaneous expenses that the family members uh, have incurred as a result of, of visiting you, uh, they'd be able to make that claim as against whoever was at fault. 
So my wife could get, uh, she could claim benefits for a caregiver uh, right. because she's doing more to take care of me at home if I'm critically injured. Right. And if she's got to drive me to Hamilton twice a week for doctor's checkups, she can claim all that as Those well. Those are all compensable. Absolutely. Wow. And by the way, that's one of the things when I used to work for, for insurance companies and I used to defend these kinds of claims. Yeah. We used to resolve a lot of cases in favor of the insurance companies because a lot of lawyers who would represent injured individuals would not be claiming everything that they could be claiming. And the thing is that a lot of times these small little claims, they add up to a lot. As you know, as I know, you know, parking expenses, mileage, uh, housekeeping services, all that kind of stuff. You know, it's a hundred bucks here, ten dollars there. A lot, man. Yeah, over the course of yeah. a year, two years, or or however long it takes, you you could be talking about thousands and thousands of dollars that uh, the lawyer has simply not made a claim for, and the client just doesn't know. So insurance companies love that, by the way. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale on Savan, S-I-V-A-N, at theinsurancelawyer.ca. So what should you do if you've, you've been in a car accident right now? The insurance company or the driver, uh, who's at fault, by the way, they contact you. Should you even talk to them, pass them off to your lawyer? Should you say anything? Absolutely not. Don't really? Like, absolutely not. Listen, if it's your insurance company that's dealing with you, if it's the adjuster from, from your insurance company, certainly talk to them. Make sure you cooperate. I mean, I always tell people, listen, whenever you're involved with an insurance issue, give us a call first. At the very least, just run it by us. We'll tell you if you, know, you should be communicating with the adjuster, whether it's your adjuster or, or someone else. But if you're involved in, in an accident, and it doesn't have to be a car accident, like I said, it could be a slip and fall, or you can be falling on a sidewalk and dealing with a city, city? adjuster, right. okay. don't talk to those individuals. Not because they're bad people. A lot, there's a, I have a lot of friends who are adjusters. They're wonderful people, but their job is to protect the other side. Their job, if you think about it, is to save the other side money. And how do they save money? By not paying you. So what are they going to do? They're going to contact you or try to contact you if you don't have a lawyer. And they're going to try and get information from you. And usually that information is done by way of a statement. They will come to your house, place of work, wherever it is that you are. They will get information from you. They'll ask questions. They'll put it down in a statement form, which, which really seems you know, very uh, uh, simple and straightforward. And they'll tell you to look it over. And they'll ask you to sign. And we've talked about that before. Okay. A lot of times you're going to be signing something that in your eyes may seem like, oh, it's nothing, nothing major. I mean, it's everything I said. But maybe there is a word or a phrase in there that is going to hurt your claim in the future in the event you have to make a claim against them. Give me an example when you've seen that. Well, we talked before about the, uh, the example about the TTC that I had that case with this lady who slipped and fell. And, you know, when she was asked... Uh, you know, what caused you to fall? And she says, you know, I, I, I didn't know. What she meant really is she didn't know when she fell, why she fell. But when she actually fell down and got up, she saw that the whole, the whole right side of her body was, was wet. Cause. She knew the cause. But the adjuster seized on the, you know, the statement, I don't know, or I didn't know at that time, except the adjuster didn't put it that time. And, and, and so what happens was that, you know, when this lady came to me, I said to her, listen, I can help you. Right, because I can explain this away, but you've just made it ten times more difficult for, for me to deal sure. with the insurer. But she was doing what most people will do, which is, you know, you're being honest, you're being straightforward. Uh, but the, you know, adjusters are, are they have a job to do. They have a job to do, like like you and I. So if I get that phone call uh, before we go to break, if I get that phone call and they say, "Hi, it's so and so from so and so insurance company," what do I tell them? If it's the insurance company of whoever caused your your injury, here's you're, my lawyer. Do not talk, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, and by the way, once they know that you have a lawyer, they know that they can talk to you. 
Nice. Right? So that's the last phone call you're going to get from him. You got it. Yes. Pretty, pretty good. We'll take a uh, we'll take a short break. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on sale. You want to email Savannah a question. You can do that. S-I-V-A-N at theinsurancelawyer.ca. This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show on Talk Radio AM 640. I want to get back into uh, some more personal injury. A couple, call, a couple uh, questions on my side anyway about uh, the insurance and who uh, who starts paying for what. First of all, Mark in Brampton. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the show. You got a question for Savannah? I'm just wondering, um, um, I have a friend was in an accident with the, in a car accident a couple of years ago, like a year and a half ago. And, but she did settle with the insurance and then realized after she's not able to do her regular duties, like work and stuff like that. And what can she do in this case? Well, Mark, let me ask you a, a couple of questions first. Uh, number one, uh, was your friend represented by a lawyer? Yeah. Okay. And at the time that she settled, did she know that she was going to have potentially uh, issues with work? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll tell you this. I, I, I do see this. And uh, unfortunately, if she settled with the insurance company, a settlement means that she's getting money in exchange for stopping her claim forever. Okay. Really? Insurance companies are not dumb. Whenever they enter into a settlement, uh, they, they do so with the idea that they are now cutting off their losses. They're going to pay X in order to uh, clear this off their books. And we're done. You're done. Right. And it is extremely, extremely important to never, ever resolve a claim or settle a claim without accounting for potential probabilities. I'm going to give you an example about a case that I had uh, uh, just about six months ago. Okay. Uh, this is a lady that uh, that was injured in a car accident, uh, a minor car accident, by the way, but she had uh, a disability from that, soft tissue injuries. You know? Soft tissue meaning nothing was broken, nothing was torn, but she was experiencing issues. She worked for about 15 years as an accountant, full-time. She was bringing home uh, a six-figure salary. Now, guess what? For about two years while we were handling her claim, mm-hmm. her, her uh, employer was, was very accommodating. In fact, the employer kept paying her the same salary, even though she was on modified duties. So really, if you think about it, there was no loss of income claim. We couldn't make a claim for loss of income because she was She's receiving still making it. Right. right. But we knew, we knew that there was a potential probability because, I mean, you would know if, if a person after a year, after half a year, a year and a half, if they're not getting better, let's say 80% uh, you know, to what they were before the accident, you know that it could potentially impact their ability to work in the future. So you can't compromise that. And so what happened here? Guess what? At, the, at almost two years, her employer said, you know what? We can't carry you any longer. Mm-hmm. Bam. She went from a six-figure salary to zero. She was in her early 50s. That claim became humongous. So a claim that before this would have been able, we would have been able to resolve it for let's say fifty to a hundred thousand dollars, now potentially could get up as high as a million dollars, if not more. So it is extremely important. This is a lesson for a lot of people, for people who are listening. Uh, you know, if 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 you're pressured by your lawyer to settle a claim, uh, you know. Make sure you ask the right questions. Make sure that, uh, you know, you ask your lawyer, have you accounted for the treatments I'm going to need in the future, for the potential issues I'm going to have at work? Uh, You know, extremely important. Once there is a settlement, once there is a release that you sign as a claimant, and for for that signature you get money, done. That's it. Your case is over. How do you keep it open, though? Wouldn't the insurance company say, oh, we can't, you can't possibly gauge if two years from now you're still going to be injured. Here's what we're giving you, and this is it. Well, John, listen, uh, if you're in a car accident and, and you haven't broken anything, for example, uh, if, if, if you 
uh, have injuries. Uh, and, and, and those injuries are getting better uh, after a few weeks, after a few months. I usually tell people, you know what, let's wait and see. And I tell the insurance company, listen, my client has two years to make a claim. We never wait that long, but I, I want to let some time pass. If, however, I know immediately after an accident that the injury is fairly severe, we start a claim very, very quickly. Insurance companies would like to resolve claims, but they can't force you to resolve the claim. What they can do is, uh, you know, they, they, they can try and entice you by throwing money around. And I've had that happen before, by the way, where insurance companies said, in fact, insurance lawyers who work for insurance companies routinely will say, give us a settlement offer, give us a settlement offer. And, and when I do that, uh, you know, they come back and say, oh, that's ridiculous. We're not going we're not, we're not to pay you, you know, 100 grand right now because we think the claim is worth 20,000. And I tell them, no, that's not what's going to happen. We're going to wait. We're going to make sure that we get the proper medical documentation. We're going to make sure we build the case nice. to understand exactly what the full scope is of, of the injury and the damages. And if there is a settlement, that settlement has to be proper. It has to be adequate. It has to compensate my client for, for everything. Future. Absolutely. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Mike in Hamilton. Hi, Mike. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Uh, regular listener, fabulous show. Thank, I had a quick question for your colleague today. Yep. Um, I'll be very brief, because and I may have to phone you hopefully after, but I was a pedestrian in a hit-and-run uh, accident years ago, and um, I was in university at the time, and I have extensive uh, permanent injuries as a result. There's six volumes, believe it or not, of paperwork from various specialists. Now, at the time... Um, I just discovered a couple of years ago that, and I got the documentation from the courthouse, there was a statement of claim put in on my behalf for three-quarter of a million dollars, and the, the statement was filed 14, roughly 14 days before the two-year deadline. I wasn't aware of this when I, at the time when I had the lawyer. Two days before the two-year deadline, the lawyer at the time and I have those these documents notified the plaintiff that um, the charges or the the case was dropped was being dropped essentially. I was called into the office, offered a check for sixteen five, I accepted the check. Two and and then subsequently, this was two years after you know I got hit by the car. I have extensive medical problems as a result. I just discovered all this recent information this information recently. In addition, the insurance company, just prior to the deadline, I have these documents as well, canceled my canceled me as a client for a forty eight cent NSF on my my uh, payment for insurance, which is actually nonsense because uh, I was still insured by this company after that. I have a ton of documentation and it's just does not look good. Hey, what does he do? Okay, Mike, uh, there are a lot of red flags uh, that I'm seeing here, and I don't have to tell you that because, uh, you know, you've outlined them. First of all, uh, if a claim was issued without your knowledge, that's a, that's a major no-no. I'm not sure, I'm not, don't, don't tell me who the lawyer was, but, but there are major, major issues just with that alone. Okay. And, and I don't even know what kind of claim was put in uh, because if this was a hit and run, I'm not sure if this was your insurance company or if they located the other individual who was involved in the hit and run. Uh, but, but I can tell you that a check for 16500 which is what I'm assuming you, you, you are talking about, if in fact they had located that other individual, the person who hit you, 
and, and you're telling me you have all these injuries now, that probably represents, I, I don't know, a hundredth of what you could potentially yeah. be entitled to. I mean, I have no idea what the scope is of, of your injuries, but, you know, give me a call. You know, I, I don't like to say this, but in some rare situations, I, I will tell people, listen, you may have a claim against that lawyer that represented you. I don't know how they botched up whatever they botched up. Right. I, I'm not advocating for people to just go ahead and just sue lawyers, okay? But, you know, we have to look at the claim. We have to make sure to see if all avenues have been exhausted. And again, this is, this is very important people to understand. Don't ever accept a check. Don't accept a settlement without understanding exactly what you're getting and for what. Okay, this is, not, this is not brain surgery. This is not something that if a lawyer tells you, oh, don't worry about it, just sign here. No, don't do that. Mm-hmm. This is, it's no different than going for an operation. Okay? You're going to ask a doctor a lot of questions, and rightly so. Right. This is your life. So, yeah, um, Mike, give me a call, uh, and let's chat about it uh, tomorrow. Mike, that number, 416-216-5910, or Savan, S-I-V-A-N, at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll take a break. More coming up right here on the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Talk Radio, AM 640. 1253, get to our last uh, few minutes here, so we'll take a couple of quick phone calls. Mike in Oakfield, go ahead, Workman's Comp question. Hey, how are you today? Good, man. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I got a question. Um, I had uh, I got injured about 10 years ago at, uh, at a workplace, and uh, I had to get uh, back surgery done. Uh, then I returned to work about uh, a month later, and then I eventually, uh, they laid me off. So uh, this was uh, they laid me off about six months after the injury. Uh, so I spoke with my lawyer. Uh, we took them to court, and I won the settlement for a wrongful dismissal uh, because they just hired somebody else to, to, to do my job. So uh, then finally I ended up working somewhere else, and it was a compensation claim. I received two NEL assessments. I just My, my question is, am I entitled to any more NEL assessments uh, because I received two? Uh, is Mike, does that close my claim, or does it still leave my claim open? Hey, Mike. Um, okay, so uh, you know, workers' comp is its own scheme. It, it's a. Uh, it, it can be a fairly uh, uh, complex uh, uh, system to deal with, and you know, unfortunately, even though it seems like a straightforward answer, it's not. I actually have to talk to you about the precise nature of your injuries and what happened in the last ten years. Uh, so what I suggest that we do is, uh, you know, if you can take a few minutes tomorrow, give me a call. Let me take a look at. Let me understand a little bit more about. Uh, you know, what uh, you went through and what the doctors have been saying uh, and what's been happening with WSIB, with, with Workers' Comp, uh, then we can go through it in detail and I can answer all your questions. Mike, 416-216-5910. Again, 416-216-5910. Take our last one for the day. Darren in Toronto, how are you? Go ahead. Hi, very good. good. Uh, just a question for you. My uh, wife and I were both down traveling in California and we were sitting in the back seat of my sister-in-law's car uh, when we were rear-ended. Um, just minor injuries, but when we got back here, uh, went for physiotherapy, and they were giving us the whole book on, you know, you've got to do 110 forms, you got to go through lawyers, and I'm like, it's just minor issues. Is this something you have to go through lawyers? No, you don't have to go through lawyers, uh, although what I will tell you is that something that may seem minor, and again, maybe it was minor, uh, may oftentimes end up being not minor. In other words, something that may, you may think uh, is, is only temporary in nature. And I see this a lot, by the way, with people who are you know, in a car accident and they don't bother to go to the doctor or to the hospital. A- and then a few days later, they start vomiting. They start having wow. huge headaches. They have nightmares, things like that. So you, know, you don't have to go through a lawyer. I mean, no one is putting a gun to your head. Yeah, but, the, other th- the other thing yeah. they were saying is, uh, you know, we've got, I've got to go through my own insurance company here. I'm thinking I wasn't even the driver. Like, 
Why right. would my insurance company be involved? Okay, well, that's a very common question, and, and I see this a lot in, in, in cases where people say, why is my insurance company involved? Uh, if I wasn't uh, in driving the car, if I was in somebody else's car, well, because the law in Ontario uh, says that you have to go through your own insurance company for certain benefits, not for everything. So if you were rear-ended in California then you are, and you have certain injuries, uh, then you're going to be able to make a claim against that driver or the owner of the car that was responsible for the accident. But there are certain benefits that uh, only your insurance company under Ontario law is going to have to, to pay. You can't okay. go for those benefits. You can't ask for those benefits from the other insurer. It's just the way the law is structured. And by the way, that brings me to, uh, to the point that I always make, which is this. Uh, none of this stuff is, is really complicated. Okay. It's technical. It's technical. And that's why an insurance lawyer uh, is important to, so they, they can give you advice. They can yeah. give you the options so you understand. And, you know, I'll give you another example. A lot of people, uh, you know, when they're in a car accident, they, they don't understand why, if it wasn't their fault, why if their car is a write-off or if their car has to be repaired, why is it that it's their insurance company that has to pay for it? Why isn't it, you know... The, the, the guy who nailed the, it. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's what the law here says. Weak. Okay? Your premiums are not going to be affected if it's not your fault. But, you know, don't make anything out of it. This is something that the law provides. And, and again, that's why I tell people, you have these kinds of questions. A lot of times it doesn't make sense. Let us make you know, Makes sense, sense for you. Exactly. Yeah. We'll answer your questions. It's not, this is not difficult. Yeah. Good weekend. Uh, good show, my friend. If you've had any questions for Savan, you didn't get through. Here's what you can do. You can email him, S-I-V-A-N, Savan at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And call him anytime. His personal number right on his side is 416-216-5910. We'll do it all again next weekend right here at 12 o'clock, the Insurance and Injury Law Show on Talk Radio, AM 640.